0: Scripted? The film show. How long have have we been scripted? Slight technical difficulty there. Sorry, guys. Um, You can tell I've been away for a few weeks and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. Well, see, the problem is she's blonde. (laughs) I am blonde now, so I'm completely different and um, I'm having more fun. I'm slightly not... As smart as I used to be, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say these things on air, should I? But I'm blonde, so I well, say I mean, these I think the the joke
1: is that none of those things are actually true. That's so, true, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I've I've tinged my hair a bit of a coppery colour, so I'm a redhead. So watch out, I'm fiery now. i, I <laughs> That's yeah. always fiery. Whenever,
2: when I was like you said, I've, I've made my my hair coppery. The first thing I just saw was that, that copper top from uh, Matrix, where um, uh, where, uh, what's his name? Uh, not uh, the. Uh-oh. Ah, the blanking. I'm blanking. on oh, Morpheus. When Morpheus goes and turns us into one of these and holds up a
1: oh, copper top Oh, I, I actually did not understand when... So I posted a picture of my new mm-hmm. hair on Facebook and you put that there and I had no idea what you were talking about. Because it's a
2: copper top and you're a copper top now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's a, a reference for someone who grew up in the 80s. I don't know. I don't... In the 80s? Matrix wasn't until 99. I but know, but does he call it a copper top? He he holds up a copper top. Yes, but you're calling the battery a copper top. Yeah. I've never heard of it called a copper top. Really?
2: Mm. Oh, okay, I Hence
1: my, I didn't like it, I didn't love it, mm. I didn't. I was just like, well, clearly I'm uneducated, and I'm not going to tell him about it. <laughs> well, now you until under- we're yeah. live on air. Now
2: you understand the joke.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes,
2: and as we all know, jokes are always funnier when you explain them.
1: That's, that is that's sure. correct. So uh, you are li- listening to unscripted. Uh, the three of us have had a, a makeover. Mm-hmm. Um, without realising it, it all happened in the same week. Kind of, I've gone blonde. I've gone copper. You had a bit of a haircut and shave around the sides. I did cut some of your gandalf off. <laughs> your
2: gandalf. I was uh, yeah. I, the the my beard was getting. It's not. It wasn't getting huge. Like I mean, it's been bigger and it's been buffier. But it was just like oh, I need to do something. And um and my my hair like uh, on on my head, uh, it was just getting really fluffy and annoying. So I was just like ah god, god, god. I get shaved off and I get it, like, shaved to skin on the to side. Some the boldness. baldness. To baldness. Like, it's like a reverse mullet, mm-hmm. um, in a way. <laughs> um, it's like, uh, you know, business uh, side and, and the back and then, you know, on the top is a bit of a party. Um, and uh, it's just weird though because I had literally skin on Saturday and mm-hmm. now it's like all grown back in again. It's it's just very quick.
1: Yes, your hair does go uh, grow mm. incredibly quick.
0: Yeah, I'm very jealous of that. Um, we uh, we should probably introduce ourselves too. Yeah. Well, I said unscripted but uh, this <laughs> one I'm is Cecilia.
1: Celia. I'm Rachel and the one over there is Lewis. The, I am, there, the, the I male, am male Lewis. voice in the room. The, I'm the, the, the manly You wife. can't see it all what I'm pointing yeah. at but that <laughs> is fine. Um, we've got some British stuff to talk about because it is the British Film Festival and I've got a couple of movies that are featuring in that. Uh, You, Cecilia, saw Bros. Bros. Um, I had my tickets. I was wanting to go and then I woke up on Tuesday morning incredibly sick. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to miss that. I was... I was very upset. Aww. So because it was a date night, like I showed the trailer to Chris and he's like, yeah, yeah, that looks funny, let's go. And then it all just turned to poo. So mm-hmm. um, so we're going to talk about that, or at least you are. And Lewis is just here to crack jokes and then explain them.
2: Uh, exactly, exactly. I saw nothing this week because uh, my, my wife uh, went to my, to, wife, to... my wife. My wife. Uh, went <laughs> Sorry, it <laughs> had uh, to
1: be done. Uh,
2: Nick that's for you mate uh, my, my friend uh, Nick in uh, in the UK uh, on his show every time he refers to his wife that's how he does it mm. so thank you for that thank you for reminding me to do that mm. <laughs> um, so yeah my bath uh, she went to Brisbane uh, and uh, so I had uh, like Sunday Monday Tuesday night uh, you know at home by myself um, which is
1: which, which is a
2: very rare occurrence, and you gotta, you gotta take advantage of these things. Um, and uh, so I went, yep, yeah, no movies. I'm gonna be home alone. Um, so I was setting up traps for uh, <laughs> for burglars. <laughs> Um, and it was good. Uh, no burglars came.
0: Good. I did
2: manage to leave one of my doors open for three days without realising it, though. Um, that's not a joke. That's actually legit. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh so my goodness! I, I was like, on because uh, we we never use this door. And on the weekend, um, I was doing something outside in the yard, and I went, "Oh, I'll go in." And I, so I unlocked the door, and I went inside. And because I don't use that door very much, forgot to lock it. And then uh, when I was like, you know, getting ready to go to work on um, uh, Wednesday, I was like at that uh, at, at door's open.
1: <laughs> at least you remembered at some point.
2: Yeah, but fortunately like, you know, we've got an alarm and we've got cameras and stuff like that. So if anyone had gone, oh, door's open, it would have like you know, been like the alarm's gone off. Uh, but it was still like, wow, you're a real dickhead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all a bit like that Oh, sometimes. we've all done silly things before, don't worry. Yeah, before yeah. So there. what did you do? Play games, read comic books, watched as the scariest
1: movies you possibly could because, you know,
2: I, I did watch actually... Watch well, I, horror movies? The idea was to, to watch uh, horror movies and... I watched Nope. We, no, no, I didn't watch Nope. Sorry, Nope. I've seen Nope in the cinema. I saw Us in the cinema. I never saw Get Out
0: in ah, the cinema. Ah, so we revisit what well, we went to that, did we? Yes. So mm-hmm. I watched
2: uh, Get Out, and that was really good. But it was exactly what I thought it was going to be because yeah. you remember when you were reviewing it, and then I, I kind of like, uh, is this what happens? And you're like, uh, yeah, uh, not on air, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Off air, I said, this is what happens. You said, yeah. So I knew exactly what was going to happen in it. Yeah. But it was, a, it's still a good film. But I was just going, okay, now what horror film am I going to watch next? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I couldn't remember ones I hadn't seen. Mm. So I ended up watching a heap of wrestling. <laughs> 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 and, and just putting my uh, iPad in order and, and uh, yeah, just doing stuff. Yeah. So it was not nice. – um, it, was, it, was, it was good, but then oh, then you start getting lonely and then you wish your wife was there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's my sad existence. It's just like sitting there waiting, pining for my wife to come
0: home. Kat, <laughs> where are you?
1: <laughs> I
2: am um... – Oh, I'm dealing with a, a dog with a cough.
0: Uh, a was, cough.
2: Yeah, she did. Do, the 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 fact that she's old mm. and yeah, a bit, bit senile, blind and deaf.
1: Sorry, I thought you were talking about cat for a second. No, no, I'm like, no, Geez, the, the dog. why would you talk? Like, I'm like she came home from Brisbane from with a cough. She's old. No. She's senile. She's blind.
2: <laughs> no, Abby is. Abby, yes. our dog is old, Abby. senile, yeah. old, blind, uh, and uh, and she's uh, got she got a cough uh, as well. So as well as uh, her like indiscriminate barking, we got to deal with. I got to deal with that. Mm. Um, but uh, she's on medication now. Since so we're getting better, that's good. Get well soon. Abby?
1: Well,
2: Abby. Actually, while while we're we're speaking about animals though, um, Travis, who used to do uh, the show with us years and years and years ago, um, moved over to the Eastern States. Uh, He got a a cat um, a a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago, um, named it Marv, older cat, you know, uh, the um end of its kind of, you know, life and uh, he gave it a good home, you know, got it all cleaned up and everything like that. Um, lived a good life uh, with him, uh, but uh, unfortunately passed today. So, uh, our heart goes out to, to Trav um, and to Marv, but uh, at least, you know, Marv had a really loving owner in that, you know, Aww. last few years of his life.
1: That is nice. Yeah. Very lovely. Rescue cat, obviously. Uh, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, good old rescue cat. Beautiful. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine you would buy... A cat that wasn't a rescue cat, or get a cat that's not a rescue. Aren't all cats rescues?
0: Um, sure, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's never the cat's fault either. It's always oh you know, no. If, if someone breeds a cat, that's the that's on the owners, yeah. right? So you yeah. know we can't blame these poor cats or or pups. God, that no. you know, Get put into pet shops and then we d you know decoy them, but you know because it's decoy them, decoy them. What's the word? They I can't. Demonize. Be, we no, demonize. D de- D- uh, anyway, no, de- where we catenized. we completely just ignore them because we go to their pet shop. Let's go to a you know a rescue ah. boycott was the word oh, I was boycott. thinking. Boycott. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Can't speak today, clearly not. Uh, but yeah, because it's never really the animal's fault. No, it's it's people. I, it's I, people's fault. I suppose
1: if it's like a Bengal cat, or you know the cat with the spots, that's probably not called. Like if it's a, a Bengal, yeah. special cat. Mm. Um, then I guess I, I I understand there are breeders for those, but I've just never Come across like anything like
2: that. So well, some people like specific cats because like, when when Cat and I moved in together, we were going to get two cats, and the deal was that she could get her Burmese, uh, and I could get a rescue cat. And so uh, we we did that. We found out that the uh, the rescue cat was quite nice, and the Burmese was an asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but no, weetie she privileged. Yeah,
2: she she did have her moments, but she was just like one of these weird weird things. Like um, if she got annoyed with Cat, she'd like pee on her clothes. Ooh. And yeah if, if she saw a bag on the ground, she'd pee on the bag, and yeah she was a she was a bit weird. she was entitled yeah yes. yeah so how dare you leave stuff on my ground? I know,
1: I know well both of my cats are rescues, obviously, and we got the second one and it had worms, but you know stuff happens obviously doesn't have worms anymore we we got her sorted out, but like you know sometimes you get a rescue and it's it's not always perfect, but you know uh, it's
0: not always perfect. she's got
1: a happy home now, so.
0: I've got a rescue. And she's so fluffy at the moment and it's a very old cat and it basically sounds like the start of our intro where uh, what's the most annoying sound <laughs> in the world and this cat will just meow in the morning it's meow <laughs> every morning until I feed this cat oh. and then it'll tap me and then it will meow <laughs> and then if it'll just walk around doing meow are you fostering it? <gasps> I, I, it's a foster for um, some lovely people who were set to fly to, well, have flown out to um, Texas in the USA, but their cat was not fit to fly. Oh. <laughs> probably, this she is probably fat, too much information. Fat to fly. <laughs> um, but was, yeah, not not very well. He's a very old cat, probably about 16, 17 mm, years ah. old. Um, Billy, he's, he's my little man. I love him to bits, um, looking after him and giving him a home. Um, but, yes, he, he does have quite the the voice box on him. Um, obviously, former choir singer of some <laughs> sort. Um, because, yes, he... he well, w- he performed in Cats, the musical, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Clearly. He, uh, yeah, but definitely uh, every morning. So, um, yeah, it's, it's better than the alarm. But, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably take a small break. And, we uh, will. Come back to the film part of the show now that we're far uh, past the cat path <laughs> the show'll we'll be back
2: you're listening to unscripted the film show
0: welcome back to unscripted the film show uh we have quite a few films to get through uh today what shall we start with gang uh, well I might start with the British Film
1: festival because um it'll give t- people time to go online and have a look at uh, what's there. But one of the films I saw was Mrs Harris Goes to Paris. So this is one of the, the bigger films of the season and I think it will probably end up having... Well, I'm fairly certain it's going to have a release after the film festival. Um, but Mrs Harris Goes to Paris is a, a, a lovely little film about a, a lady who has been pining after her husband who... Hasn't come back from the war. Um, It's been quite a long time. I think the movie is set in 1957. So she's been waiting all this time to find out what's happened to him. Um, And she finally does. And so she ends up, um, you know, deciding to kind of have a bit of an adventure now that she's found out what's going on. Um, So she's a cleaner by trade and she... She happens to be cleaning this very hoity-toity lady's house and she sees this marvellous, beautiful dress hanging and the lady's like, oh, yes, it's a Christian Dior. It was £500. And, uh, yeah, it, I think that's like I, I forgot to look up exactly how much that ended up being in current money, but it was a ridiculous amount of money and... Um, for that time and she just fell in love with it. She almost had like a religious experience when she saw it and she kind of decided that's it, I'm just going to save all of my pennies and
0: get a Christian Dior gown just because. Um, oh, that's 895 Australian dollars now. So it would have been... Oh, now? That's now. So, but back in the day, it would have been so much more, uh, surely. I think I 19. think I did go into IMDb
1: and find out the actual translation of the how much it would be, and I was a bit flabbergasted. So it'll be in there. Oh, um, here we go. It was about six thousand five
0: hundred dollars in nineteen. F- oh no, that's dollars. Sorry, I was going to say it is equivalent in purchasing power. Purchasing power to about six thousand one hundred fifty-seven dollars. Um, here we go. Uh, nineteen fifty-seven.
1: Uh, Five hundred great British pounds is the equivalent of thirteen thousand pounds wow. in twenty twenty two so yeah, a couple of bucks a couple of shekels um but she's so she 's a bit of a gambler right her and her good mate um, who is also a cleaner um her name is, uh, where is where is she? Violet. Evaluate. Yeah, so they head on down to the pub quite often and they've got a bookie friend who is played marvellously by Jason Isaacs. So they put a couple of, you know, things on with him occasionally. So she wins a little bit of money uh, and then she, she starts saving all this money and decides that she's going to go to Paris and get this dress. So... She goes and she's initially supposed to only be there for a day, like she can only afford to fly in, go buy it and leave. But the thing is with the Christian Dior dress back in 1957, it is haute couture, which means it is made to fit. Mm -hmm. Um, So she goes there expecting to just go into a shop and buy it off the rack and that's just not how it works. She also walks in and they're like, uh, you clearly don't belong here, you need to leave. Um, and they were having like a little runway show going on and she did eventually get inside to have a look at the dresses and, again, many religious experiences for her. Um, and so she meets some some people in at the Dior place and also like some, some other people who help her out so she can stay for a little while while she gets it. You know, um, made to order basically, and various other things are happening during during the movie. You know, the, the little bit of a love story going on, and a um, little bit of a, a um, I don't know, a, a union strike happening in Paris at, at the time as well. So she kind of gets the workers at Dior to push their agenda a bit. So she's she's throwing a lot of um, spanner in the works for Mr. Dior. So, <laughs> it's it's a cute little movie. Um it's I mean, it's very predictable. <laughs> um it is one of those movies that you just kind of know as soon as it starts and bits happen you're like, "Okay, yeah, I get where this is going." Um, but regardless of the fact, it's still just a really lovely movie. I went and saw this with my mum who absolutely adored it. I spoke to somebody else um, the other day. She's about my age and she absolutely adored it as well. So I'm I'm probably, um, I don't know, I think I was probably not in the right headspace to see this movie. I was having a really horrible weekend and... Yeah, I went and I did feel better after seeing it a little bit so clearly it did its magic a little bit but I think I just walked in in the wrong wrong Mm. frame of mind. Um, But it's a cute little movie, you know. Um, So I am going to give it um, three and a half heaters. Ooh, heaters. But it is featuring at the British Film Festival um, which is on... Until mid-November here in in Perth. Um, It is
2: also uh, on general release as of today.
1: Oh, it's at general release as of today. There you go. And um, it looks like it's actually based on a film from uh, a little while ago with uh, Angela Lansbury. Oh, really? Rest in peace. Yes, uh, a movie called... Mrs. Aris goes to Paris. Uh-oh. So that was said in. That was made in 1992. So it looks like basically it is a a remake of that, which I was not aware of until literally just two seconds ago. But anyway, that's okay. I'm
2: um, well, just having a look at. Um Dior.com just to check out what some of the uh, the prices are, um, and you can get a, a mid-length uh, shirt dress uh, in white and navy blue uh, that'll cost you uh, seven thousand um, dollars. There's uh, that's more
1: than what my car is worth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get
2: a nice little uh, short zip dress, uh, black technical wool and silk jacquard with multicolored Dior pixels. Uh, that's dots. I need dip in the ocean at uh, five thousand five hundred dollars. Ah, bargain. Um, a short – actually, let's have a look at um, what a, uh, a, shirt, uh, a shirt will cost you. A shirt – that must be cheap. Surely I always thought a shirt would be cheap. Uh, you get a blouse with ruffles, uh, white cotton poplin. That'll be uh, $3,100. Thank you very much.
1: Oh. Without the ruffles, it's only 2500 <laughs> <laughs> But the ruffles is what makes it really, is Oh, yeah, ruffles it? are in. Well, you wouldn't surely.
2: want to have a shirt without some chips, Surely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's funny that i have watched this which is it's beautiful to what to have a look at all of those beautiful dresses you know it it is kind of a fashion movie i also watched another fashion movie it's an australian premiere of a film or a documentary called quant so um I went online, even though I watched this documentary literally today, and I was telling my mum, oh, I'm watching this documentary called um, Quaint and it's about this, uh, you know, designer in the 60s and she automatically corrected me (laughs) uh, It's quant. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, and I'm probably still getting it slightly wrong but anyone who grew up in the 60s or who is into 60s fashion will know who this amazing woman is she basically invented the miniskirt so and and she kind of um you know invigorated the british uh, fashion industry in the early 60s and you know you've got all these famous uh, models that came out at that time, Twiggy, and um, oh, why is her name escaping me? She married a um, George Harrison. I can't. I think of her name. Wow, I saw her name today. That's really bad. Anyway, so uh, lots of famous British models, and that they were kind of leading the fashion in the early '60s, and they, these mini skirts became the the big mm. deal and then it just kind of went throughout you know America and and the world it just took over um so this documentary really looks at you know how that happened um Mary Quant was the um the the inventor and she had her husband helping her and a another guy who was helping with the business side of things but you know she she created things like you know a little compact way that you could open and it had all your eyeshadows, mm. your lipsticks, brushes, mirror, all in one. Like that, she kind of invented that. You know, she invented the miniskirt. She's she's kind of revolutionary and clearly lots of people know who she is because um, my mum was only in like her early teens in the 60s and as soon as I mentioned her name she knew exactly who I was talking about. So if you are into fashion especially of the 60s, and if you're into that mod period um, of the British, you know, music and all that sort of stuff, this is a great documentary to see. It's got fantastic music, mm-hmm. great fashion and lots of really interesting interviews. So um, that's, again, featuring at the British Film Festival and uh, I'm going to give that four, um, four
0: shirts that I'm going to design slightly longer and make a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very excited to actually see this as well. I've got this on my list. Um, Pretty cool. To see and, yeah, I, I, I love a good fashion documentary. Yeah. Um, like I always rave on about um, the Alexander McQueen documentary I seen a few years ago. I just find fashion such an interesting uh, topic. It's
1: very cool. It's really cool. And um, you can get a bit more information if you go, just type in British Film Festival onto the, onto the webs and you'll get lots of information of where you can uh, get some tickets and um, you can by multi-passes as well but they're you know showing at um lunar and uh i believe rain cinemas lots of places essex
0: mm. all that jazz go and have a look and there's lots of old films there too yeah i think um, they've got a bond yeah retrospective. skyfall and, and mm. you can just catch some of those films that you might have missed out the cinema or that you just might want to watch again so there you go but that's the uh, british film festival we'll take another break and we'll come back after this
2: Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au.
0: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Welcome back to Unscripted, the film show uh, for another week of films covering all the latest and greatest. Um, Bros is another film that's out today. Uh, This is a... Gay romantic comedy.
2: So it's a happy um, romantic comedy. It is,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's really one of the first gay romantic films to be released by a major studio. And it stars and is written by Billy Eichner, um, who you will know from Billy on the Street and Parks and Rec. Uh, it's also produced by Judd Apatow, who we all know from films like, you know bridesmaids, train wreck. And I guess I was a little bit concerned going into this film because some of Judd Apatow's films can be a little bit over the top in terms of comedy. So I didn't know if that was going to be the case with Mm. this film. But it really centres around um, Bobby, who's this successful podcaster and, you know, this LGBTQ plus Kind of ambassador, uh, as well as someone who is about to open the very first LGBTQ plus um, museum in New York, because he's really fascinated by the history of uh, the community, and he's really happy with his single life. He's you know, he's either approaching forty or has just surpassed forty, but he, either way, still fairly young. But somebody who hasn't had you know, any real relationships. He's more of a person who just has these, you know, one night flings. He's on Grindr and all the other apps that, you know, um, single gay men might use in, in New York. And yeah, really happy with his life. Um, but he happens to meet Aaron one night, who's played by Luke McFarlane and they're at a bar. And he's incredibly, he's this real muscular type, really attractive, kind of a, the polar opposite of, You know Billy, who's a little bit uh, Bobby. Sorry, who's a little bit of a. I I don't nerd. Really, I was going to say nerd, and I don't like to use that word nerd, but I guess he's a little bit. I'll (laughs) allow it. I'll allow it. Um, just very different. Has very different kind of aspirations. Not he's not overly concerned with the way he looks. You know, compared to um, Aaron, who's a bit of a fitness freak, if you like, and. They're both not really looking for anything serious, but as time goes on, they start to spend some time together and, you know, realise that, hey, we've got a bit of a connection going on here. And there's some ups and downs in the film as it goes through. They both feel really insecure with each other and they're like, well, we're so different, you know, why are we together, Uh, et cetera. But, yeah, it's a bit of a blossoming love story and we get to go on this ride with these two men who are trying to tell each other they don't want to be together but do want to be together, Mm. uh, if you like. Meanwhile, um, you know, Bobby's trying to open this, museum uh poor aaron hates his job and then there's that kind of ups and downs with the i suppose some of the stigma around those gay relationships as well but it's a really positive film there's a lot of um gay and bisexual and pansexual and transgender people in the film uh that star and act in it and it's predominantly a LGBTQ plus cast, which yeah. is brilliant, um, I think. And it, it really gives all, some real substance to a film because I guess if you go back and look at some of the films and I don't want to be too controversial in saying something like this, but Brokeback Mountain, for example, mm. a really successful film, Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, They're not gay actors. Why Mm. not get gay actors to play these roles? Uh, So I think, and there's reference to that in this film, and it it just shows how far we've come in actually getting LGBTQ plus people to play those roles. Yeah. Because why wouldn't we?
1: I even think back to, you know, the birdcage. So at the time that it came out, Nathan Lane, even though now he is is out, at the time he wasn't. and but he is playing a gay character and obviously Robin Williams also playing a gay a gay character. They did have some um some cast that were playing uh not themselves but like, you know, they were drag or whatever, so they were they were kind of playing who they were. But but you know, you've also got Hank Azaria in there playing a gay character and a lot of it, even though it's a hilarious very, very funny movie, which I love. Um, it, I can see why it is problematic. Um, but, you know, because there's a lot of stereotypical type stuff going on in that movie. But, I mean, it is very funny. Mm. And then you've got The Some of Us, which has got Russell Crowe in it. That's an Australian comedy. Mm. Um, but I can't quite remember. Is Some of Us a comedy? Some of Us... I, I think it was a comedy. Oh. Um. I'm pretty sure there were comic bits in there.
2: I thought it was more more dramatic. I don't know, Oh, maybe. I
1: think it was a I think it's a classic Australian like comedy/drama, mm-hmm. but I think most of it um is comedy. But I mean, you you've a lot of like you're saying um it's the first gay comedy released by a big company. Technically it's not true, but what the difference is, is that the comedies that have come out previously, the people who are playing the the gay characters are not gay in real exactly. life. yeah. So... Yeah, and, and al- it's a big, also big difference. probably
2: the way like, I haven't seen this film. I really wanted to see it. Um, actually, I really wanted to pay to go and see mm-hmm. it. Uh, more to the point, because in America, it's not done great in America. Mm. Um, you know, it's getting good you know, critical acclaim, but uh, you know, it's not getting bums in seats. And the question is, is it not getting bums in seats because uh, you know, uh, even though. Um, you know the the actors are, are kind of known. They're not movie star known, yep. so yeah, you know, there's not that draw of uh, you know uh, Seth Mac- Seth Rogen or you know, like you know, somebody who's known for uh, comedy movies. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like you know L- the LGBT uh, plus QI plus community should come out and you know support this film. But they're a very small community, mm. so anyone who's like you know, considers yourself an ally should also like get out there and see this film because if, if mm. you don't and it doesn't make money, they won't make more of them. It's, it's, yep. the, the thing about uh, uh, movies is they, they, it's a business and yep. they, they, they want to make cash. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really want to you know, hopefully get out and see it this weekend.
1: Yeah, Chris mm. and I are going to go mm. see it. Probably not this weekend, but um, we will be paying to go see it. So, yeah. Throw some dollars
0: there. Yeah, and I like that it's not that cookie-cutter kind of romance. They haven't just taken a straight couple and replaced it with a gay couple. Mm. There's just so much kind of... There's a lot of layers to the film and there's a lot of comedy in here as well and some really witty, funny scenes, but it doesn't dampen the message, if that makes sense. The message is still there. And, And I think it's interesting. I think if we were to go back 10, 20 years ago, some of the stuff that's mentioned and seen in this film, people would probably likely go... Ooh, or cringe at it mm. because we weren't we weren't as open as we were or are today. But today it was so funny. It almost was like having stuff shoved in your face, but. We can laugh about it now because we're so open, and we and we love that people are open about their sexuality. Sorry, I thought this was a really funny film, and just seeing the reaction of the audience too throughout was really funny. And there are the sex scenes in this film too, and then nice as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, really, not, yeah, not your conventional type kind of rom-com comedy there's there's a lot happening here and a lot to um take in
2: well i think that that's the thing is uh like in the past any movies where it's about gay people you've either got the the sad they've got aids and they're dying kind of mm. movie about gay mm. people uh or the i guess you do have the the brokeback mountain like you're know, gay people that are you know straight presenting men who are actually like having sex with men and you know don't feel like they can come out and live their true selves Uh, and then there was the the stereotypical effeminate butt of the joke kind of uh, gay characters
1: or the the gay best friend yeah exactly and and so
2: it's good that uh, you know hopefully in this film you're getting to see that you know there's there's more uh, you know there's more to gay culture than you know the stereotypes you 've seen before mm-hmm. I mean uh, I listen to the, the Savage love cast where you get a lot of people you know they ring up and usually they identify you know who they are where they 're from, and you know their their gender and their um, you know sexual preference kind of thing um, and a lot of you know men there so I say you know um, a gay man bisexual man, and there 's no stereotypical like femininity to their voice or anything like that mm. it 's like you know, i 'm you know, a gay man, and it 's like you listen to that and you just go, what you get shown by the media is not true to life. Like, mm. you know, most gay men are just men who just happen to like having sex with other men.
0: Mm. And
2: so, it, hopefully, in this film, that's what you're seeing and not seeing the that stereotypical, you know, effeminate, played for laughs kind of character that you've got in movies before.
1: And also like the only storyline about a gay person being them coming out or their struggles coming out, Mm. which is all, they're all real stories, but it is also nice to see something where it's like they're just a person and this is just their love life.
0: Yeah, And, and and that's so interesting that you bring that up because there's no coming out, stories in this film at all because it's completely past that now. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be about that. It doesn't need to be, you know, the families in this film and the friends are already, already okay with everything that's happening. So yeah. it really just, yeah, it, it, it goes above and beyond that, which, yes, yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. So.
2: And it's really good because that's what, you know, people who are growing up now and are gay and maybe in the closet, that's what they need to see is mm. it's not, there's not nothing wrong with it. You know, and you can be yourself because the worst thing is these. Like, sometimes I'll hear people who are in their 60s and 70s, and you know, they, they were like married for you know 40 years because that's what they had to do. Because back in the day, you kind of grew up and you married or if you're a man, you marry a woman and you have kids, and that's that's what you do. And so, these guys have been living this f- fake life for 40 something years, their wife dies, and now they feel like they can go out and like live their true life, which is really sad. like you know sad for them more sad for the wife that's you know thinking she's living like this this relationship but the relationship's been fake well not fake but you know it's more of a forced relationship for that amount of time
1: well i mean in some parts but i'm sure there was a lot of there can be lots of love in those relationships um it just means that he's probably not very happy
2: mm, <laughs>
1: the exactly, whole
2: time. Exactly, exactly. And she, if he's not happy, then it's you know, clearly there's going to be... She's likely not happy. Exactly. Mm. And that's, that's, that's really sad when you hear those kind of stories. It'd be better if he could have been his true self 40, 50 years ago and then like they could both have lived their life with a partner who wanted to be 100% in that relationship.
1: Well, yeah, hopefully mm. that's... Yeah, I, I look at my kid and know that you know. Thankfully, that's he's not going to have to have any of those complicated mm, mm. ideas in his head. You know, he we've got a friend called Ryan. He knows that Ryan is a trans man just because there was something that came up um, on my phone of of Ryan many many years ago. So I had to, had to explain. Why he looked different, mm-hmm. so uh, and that's like oh cool, and I'm like, so now he can be his true mm. self, and he's like oh that's lovely, and like he doesn't have you know there'll be a picture of two women who are like married, and I'm like oh yeah they got married oh cool like there's no questions, mm. and but I know at his school there are still lots of kids who are listening to whatever their whatever their parents yeah. have said. Um he wore nail polish to school because he likes to wear nail polish co- occasionally and he had lots of kids saying that's just for girls. So it's not... Unfortunately, it's a learned behaviour. Mm, mm. So uh, hopefully eventually it'll mm. disappear but I think there's always going to be a sector of the community that is bigoted because they don't understand yeah. and it's just a cycle of, of incorrect information that they they are getting and then passing on. So... But anyway, let's score this yeah.
0: um, oh, film. I am going to score this four and a half steroid injected Dumbledore's. Ooh. Oh, ah, <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I know that reference. It was in the trailer. There was something else I was gonna I was gonna say, which might come out really wrong. So I, I'll let people see the film and then experience <laughs> potentially what I was gonna say. But um, do you? Shall I jump into Barbarian while? We're at it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so this is a completely different film, uh, a horror film. It's received a lot of positive kind of word of mouth um, warnings about don't go in um, knowing anything about this film, go and experience it for what it is. And it kind of came out of the blue. I didn't see a lot of marketing or advertisements for it. Um, I just keep seeing these images of people in the cinema like holding their faces, screaming. So I I won't (laughs) be seeing this film then. So I automatically thought... Yeah, I'm going to go see that. (laughs) I would. So it centers on a young woman played by Georgina Campbell. She's visiting Detroit for a job interview, but books this Airbnb and she arrives kind of really late at night. It's pouring down with rain. The street's dark. She finds that another person has booked the same house. Um, His name's Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. And then Without kind of going into too much detail about the film, it kind of goes into the unexpected from there, if that makes sense. Um, You kind of think the film is going to go one way, but it doesn't. It does a complete 180 and goes another way. Uh, They discover this basement in the house and um, perhaps something lurks deep inside uh, it also stars justin long uh, in the film as well but I, I really enjoyed this film i i had no idea I, I did the right thing and went in not knowing anything about it because i wanted to experience it the way that i think the audiences have so far recommended and i just loved the setup of the film, this, you know, creepy kind of street with this, you know, cute little Airbnb. Someone arrives dead in the night, finds that someone else is in the house as well. And I think Bill Skarsgård already gives you those creepy vibes <laughs> he does i hate to say it but he's he does. probably a lovely man that but he's
1: su- just got that that he must does. suck like mm-hmm. you,
2: you imagine you're like you you're, uh your tinder like mm-hmm. thing it's just no one's blowing you up it's like oh yeah. creepy yeah just swipe left left or i don't know how you swipe on those things but whichever way you swipe is <laughs> wrong he gets swiped that way
0: <laughs> he gets the wrong way um but also because he's played pennywise i think as well maybe that's why we're just we we just think about it that way but yeah, yeah. this is a really um cool film um Justin Long plays a bit of a, an arse in this as well. Uh, I think he's really good at playing those characters. But it's directed by Zach Kreger. It's out in cinemas now if you want to go and see. Um, just a really good horror. It's perfect for Halloween. It's not one of those horrors that tries to drill you with any kind of psychological stuff. It's, it's just a straightforward horror, which is sometimes what you want. Cause these films nowadays try and take you these days. on a bit of a journey. So I'm gonna score Barbarian uh three and a half three and a half car keys. Cool. Cause you don't want to forget those. No, not in a horror movie. Not in a horror film. There you go, but out now. Nice. Shall we take another break? Michelle. Sure.
1: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show unscripted the film show so um it is halloween is coming up uh shortly if you're listening live or in the next week um it, it's it's next week it's monday uh which reminds me i, I need to change something around f- so i can go trick-or-treating <laughs> with my son because um, it's on a monday it's a very, very odd day to have a very dark, dark time. You see,
2: what happens is uh, is I, that it uh, falls on the thirty first of October,
1: and the, yes. uh, the I, I believe he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to mansplain to me. <laughs> oh dear! Mm. Mm. But um, we were just talking off air about a, a couple of films because obviously Halloween is upon us. Um, the movie X, which I for some reason. Didn't realise came out earlier in the year, so now I'm going to have to wait until it comes out streaming. Um, but it's about a, a a film crew who find this dodgy little, um, I guess, country house and to film a pornographic
0: film. Yeah, a pornographic film.
1: Um, and you know, it's it's a horror movie, so bad stuff happens basically um, and it's got Mia Goth in it and she also stars in another film called Pearl, which we're not sure is getting an Australian release. It may... Yeah, We're not it sure. may or may not,
0: but it is a follow-up to X. But um, I believe X is streaming on Amazon now, so you can watch it. Oh, um, right. And then um, X is probably not going to get a big release, but may end up on streaming, mm-hmm. I would almost say.
1: Yeah, because, um, oh, cool, I've actually got Prime, so I can watch that. Yay! woo um, But Pearl looks really good. Uh, it's, again, got Mia Goth in it, and she's it's set I guess in the 30s or 40s and she just wants to get away from her little town away from her parents so she can be a famous star but I think to do that she's probably got to kill him or something because it's a horror
0: (laughs) so yeah looks good yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a prequel to, to X, um, this one. So there's some stuff that happens in X which kind of alludes to, to Mia Goth's life before she becomes oh. um, a, a star and you kind of get to to see where she comes from. So this takes us back to her to life before. Right, so
1: I really I do need to see X. But again, because it's a horror movie, I'll watch it on my f- phone. So it's really small and it won't scare me. <laughs> I do enjoy how you do that. Well, so that's um, how I that's plan to scary. watch uh, Barbarian, the one that you just talked about. So. <laughs> mm. But what is The Stranger? I have this, is again, another film I've heard nothing about.
0: Well, you should know because it stars our good friend Joel Edgerton, you guys. Oh, what the heck? Where have I been? Um, I cannot believe you guys don't know about this film. Um, let me bring up my notes for this oh, one so I can run you through I it. I have seen a trailer to
1: this. Um and it creeped me out. Mm, Just, it, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to let you review this because I. every time I watched the trailer, I was confused as to who Sean Harris was and who Joel Edgerton was because mm-hmm. they kept looking
0: very, very the same. Yeah, it was almost a little bit hard in the beginning to tell who was who in this as well. It took me a it's a bit of a slow burn so it takes you a little while to um pick up but essentially this is based on a book uh, called the sting the undercover operation that caught daniel morcombe's killer um oh no i don't want to see yeah. that so it, it's inspired by the real life investigation um to find the man who murdered um 13 year old daniel um but it doesn't ever suggest in the film that this is what it is. But if you know the facts that pertain to that case, then you know that it, it, it is essentially the exact same case, if that makes sense. This so is just, yeah. This
1: is why I've heard about it because the Morecams did come out and they weren't very happy about the movie. Yeah, they, so. they
0: weren't. And I wonder if, based on that, they, they decided not to use any names or, or anything. But I'm not 100% sure, but I do know they were against it. But Joel Edgerton plays this undercover. Cop who's been tasked with posing as a mid level uh, gangster to obtain a confession from um, the alleged child murderer played by Sean Harris. And it's one of those films that really pulls you into the case and that the logistics that went behind this investigation and all the work to set this up was just Mm. insane um but yeah it pulls you into identifying that killer and and murderer um and it's a real full picture of the investigation that gradually kind of emerges and it for a long time it's not overly clear as to what's happening you know whether or not this guy's guilty or not is he the wrong person is he just this Bad guy that's just done a few wrong things and mm. he's been caught up. But yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of reminiscent of um, Snowtown and Nitram. It's yep. got that same kind of gloominess that that those films have. But I would say, yeah, it's a really kind of brilliant film. It, it's brilliantly made. It's really well acted. Joel Edgerton does a marvellous job playing this undercover cop who clearly also has his own issues history. and in yep. history and then sean harris plays this fantastic guy who's just moved from you know across east to western australia to yep. find work but then gets caught up in this you know fake undercover criminal organization in order just to draw a confession from him uh, so that's really how the film plays out And i don't want to spoil anything for people but people might know how it happened people probably know what i
1: think what some happened. people who are uh, you know who know that sort of true mm-hmm. crime information probably know how the sting went and i mean when you do know what the length they mm. went to to catch this guy? Yeah, it, it is really fascinating, and I mean, really, really well done. So the director Thomas M. White uh, also directed a film uh, a couple of years ago called Acute Misfortune. I don't know if you saw this film, but it was incredibly unnerving. Mm. Um, it was about an artist. Who I, I can't quite remember if he killed himself or he killed somebody, but he was a real live person. He's a, mm. an Australian artist who just happened to be an absolute whack job as well. Um, and he does have a, an ability to to bring a sense of extreme creepiness into his films. And he's a um, an actor. That's that was his life before directing. And I think it's there is a lot of people who go from acting to directing Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of a really good leap because they kind of understand where the actor's coming from and uh, yeah, I think they make really, really good uh, directors. And we've got some really fantastic Australian directors. Um, I was talking about um, Gold, I think it was last week or the week before, um, which is... Really, a fascinating movie that I thought I was not going to enjoy.
0: That's the one with Zac Efron in it. Yes, and, and um, it's got yeah. Anthony
1: Hayes yeah. as the writer and director. So, and he's another, you know, person who was an actor who has stemmed into into directing, and he's just he's a very very good director. But um, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I'll watch that because I I'm, I watched Nitrum, mm-hmm. um recently felt really dirty afterwards, like I wanted to have a shower.
0: So, yeah, and I think Nitron's such a hard film to even dissect and talk about, but what I love about that film is that at no point do you ever feel, before you even know... What happens, and I think when i seen when I went into this film, I actually didn't know what it was based on. this was mm. the media screening, mm. so there was very little information about the film. You checked the synopsis, it didn't allude yeah. to um, what it was about at all, and I went in and at no point in this film did you ever feel any empathy towards him mm. as a character at all I don't know and and I think that it was so cleverly put together that you didn't feel that because mm. you shouldn't. Because yep. he was a ba- he's such a bad person. But it's hard in sometimes with these films not to have empathy because you then get an inkling of where these people come from, and you go, "Well, it's not their fault." But I never felt that towards that character, towards Nitram. You mean, to, or, yeah, to Nitram. Well, I think because At his parents are, were
1: relatively fine; they were normal good. Yeah. people. I think he was had mm-hmm. clearly, clearly he had it was something going on in his brain. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. So.
1: Um, but yeah.
0: I just felt like it was such a cleverly made film and I think it did make you feel dirty watching it and that's probably what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no really graceful way of talking about that film but as far as a film, th- the making of the film mm. I think is good. The story yes. is yeah. horrible but the, the making of the film for me was... And I, correct me if I'm wrong, you you enjoyed... the well,
2: Joy is, is not the right you word. You can't say
0: <laughs> it, you, but you appreciated the, you appreciated the, the work. The film yeah,
2: yeah. You, you appreciate the filmmaking, and you watch it. You go, know, okay, that was a really well-made film. Mm. That was a horrible subject. I don't know who I can recommend sees this film.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
2: what. That's why I saw it anyway.
0: That's exactly the way I yeah. I seen it. But I think at the same time, you can't forget that these things happen. Mm. So mm. you know, sometimes it is important to bring them back. And, and watch them. But anyway, um, <laughs> The Stranger is on Netflix and I actually found this film so oh. engaging from start to finish. Even watching it at home, I was pulled in and wanted to see where it went. So um, I really enjoyed it and, and I'm going to score it four, uh, four man buns.
2: Nice.
1: I think the interesting thing about Nitram was um, there was a postscript there that explained, you know, the the gun buyback mm, scheme and everything mm-hmm. and then explained how we've got more guns now than we did then. Yeah, So it's not necessarily worked at all. Mm. Um, so it, it is interesting to me that, you know, we bang on about America and all of their gun violence and the fact that everyone's got guns etc and I'm not saying they don't but it's interesting that we still do have a lot of guns here in Australia not to their level but obviously we, we don't have the same violence happening. It's a very different, mm. it's a very different environment so and i mean it's not all every tom dick and harry could get a gun that's that's the difference we've actually got gun laws yeah yeah and regulations so which in america
2: they they like the uh, nra just fight tooth and nail to make sure that they don't restrict people from getting guns which is ridiculous but anyway, it
1: it was so unnerving in nitram where you see him going into that store Mm. to buy guns and it's like can you not see what he's planning to do here? And they're just like, uh, "Do you have your registration?" No. Uh, all right. Well, like, and he just pays more, and it's so, it's so gross. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let, uh, yeah. Let's 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 try and uh, like bring the mood up. I know. Let's lighten the, the mood. Um, so before we we wrap up, uh, you did see Black Adam last week.
0: I did. Uh,
2: quick thoughts on it.
0: Oh, Lewis, you are either going to love or hate me after I say this. I. Have an appreciation for DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the films are really good and some of them are not so good. I loved The Batman, uh, as we all know. I think that was one of the greatest um, DC... I I thought this was terrible. Yeah. I thought Black Adam was absolutely terrible. Um, It at no point... um, I, I just even you think Dwayne Johnson in this, in this film it's got to be somewhat good mm. it wasn't well he was
2: <laughs> I thought he was good as mm. the character but they didn't develop any of the supporting characters. Mm. They didn't develop. D- they didn't develop the villain, mm-hmm. um, and it was just yeah, it was just really bad storytelling. They
0: didn't even really develop the relationship between Black Adam and and the the young kid. Yeah, and that that there was clearly a friendship there. But I think at the same time, actors are only as good as the script and direction they're given, mm. and I think that's where this film fell flat. I think the cast was absolutely fine. They just weren't given. The right, the, material. Yeah. right material, right so, material. Unfortunately,
2: so the um, the critics and like myself, I, I thought it was a you know it was a good okay DC film, but not a, a great f- comic book film. Uh, but uh, it's the highest it's the highest grossing uh, Dwayne Johnson film of all time. What? And it has got ninety percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. No. Oh, so what that comes down to is. It doesn't matter what the critics think.
1: Oh,
0: my gosh. That's insane. It's just not a I good I don't film. know that I would consider you a
1: critic, though. I think you've got your... Well, no, I'm, a, I'm a reviewer. Like, Well, I'm... yeah, but I think you've also got your... You've got the head of a, like, your man mm. as well. And I think the reviewer side as opposed to critic side. So mm. you're... You're the audience just as much as they are, so I don't understand. I have
2: no, no idea, but it's, yeah, that's what's got 90% on Rotten Tomato, It's the highest grossing Dwayne Johnson film of all time. Um, have they
1: not seen Jumanji? That thing is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie I do Delcrate, Delcrate, Delcrate. All,
2: yeah, <gasps> I do like the, uh, 39% critics 90% audience score wow. so um, there you go but the good thing is that we'll get to see more Black Adam hopefully they'll do a better job with it next time
0: yeah I think it oh, just I think needed see uh, it Adam. just needed a better story yeah. I think the, the characters are there you've got the good actors but the, it was just the way it was written it was the way it was told it was the way it was directed I just think um, it just needed to be fleshed out and developed a little bit more and i have a f- the post-credit scene was filmed only in september mm.
2: um but, well, what a, what a but um, i want to post credit but i won't say any more
0: because <laughs> i don't want to spoil anything but and um get out
2: of here as well. until it's and we have to <laughs> We've go
0: we have to go but um we'll be back next week talking about more films thanks for joining us bye, bye.
1: this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture